Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the goddamn bricks in the wall. So today we got a different setup. We got a different ambience. Uh, we got a studio. It's uh, it's called Drew's uh, condo. We're all chilling here. It's actually badass because we got AC and my balls aren't sweating in the garage. And uh, we got the lights. We have to set it up. Actually, we got the ambience. We got the candle going. We got incense. incense. I don't really like it, but it kind of smells weird. What, really? what flavor is that? It's like strawberry. Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> okay, so we got incense. We got on YouTube, we got like a little ambient. What is this called? Uh, uh, I don't know what you call these, man. They're just. They're like videos of just like a plain scene, like from a house and it's snowing. Cozy winter ambience. Cozy. Blizzard, heavy snowstorm, wind sounds, and crackling fireplace for relaxation. Right, yeah, I, I, we love watching this because it's that like we're looking out the window into a different world. I, I always like that. But so today we're changing it up. Uh, so we're here, we're chilling. Uh, we got the fire going on now. <clears throat> this is a good spot. We're not gonna be introduced. I mean, bothered by airplanes or little mopeds or dogs. So we got a good little spot. Maybe gunshots. No, we're we are in the hood, <laughs> but but no, nah, this is a good spot right here. So today we're gonna do a little different format instead of uh, straight up just introducing the guest and. Um, running with it we're gonna do it a little bit slower we're gonna me and the guys just chill lay back uh sort of improv and the topics we're eventually going to talk about is centralized banking the vatican and the antichrist but i want it to come up organically so right now we're just going to talk as guys like we're chilling at a pub so if y'all got a beer grab it if y'all got a blunt light it up we're just here to chill and peer back behind the layer try to see what these metaphorical bricks are that keep us from the truth and just join us and be a fly on the wall and check out what some cool people that you can find and just be, be able to speak your mind without fear of being ridiculed or labeled a conspiracy theorist or a nut or whatever. Just fr real free speech like in the, in the old days. So today we have Pete the cat, we have Christopher the Topher, and Drew the rocker. How we doing guys? Doing good, doing good. That was a bad description of me, but I'll go with it. What would you label yourself, Christopher? Uh, you already started off. You know, we're inside in the dark, and he's wearing a hat with sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me. So I don't know what kind of name you want with that. Uh, the boy has the vibe. And, and he just took a dose of mushrooms. Oh, yeah. He, okay, so tell him about it. On the way here, um, I kind of micro those yeah, too. Yeah, you know, he forced me to take it. I was like, okay. I aimed my gun at his head and I said, eat this mushroom. And he was like, yes, sir. <laughs> Get enlightened. Now. But no, yeah, let's, how about we start off with the little microdosing? What What is y'all's guys' <laughs> opinion and view in microdosing? Have y'all tried it? Oh, uh, yeah, it's great. It's amazing. What, what is your experience? Have you done it intentionally? Yeah, yeah, I've done it before uh, pretty often, like at a park or something or with a buddy. No, yeah, that's a good time. It's like you go out into a park, you go see people, you know, trip a little, little bit. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's something about getting that that nature and like that sunlight. Yeah. Whenever you're like outside, you know. Just... But what do you feel? Do you feel different in perception or your thoughts or what do you feel? Oh, for sure. Like you're just like super there. You're not like even thinking really. It's more easier to be in the moment. You're yeah, yeah. You, you're just, I'm just like, when I'm like tripping, I'm just like, I'm not even in my mind. I'm just tripping, like I'm experiencing. But you're not happening. supposed to be tripping. You probably did too much. What do you mean? A microdose is supposed to be where you take barely enough to where you're not, you don't feel it, 
you're not visually tripping or you're not emotionally feeling so much emotions. It's so much as you take just a tiny bit so it kind of stimulates your mind. You probably overdid it. No, uh, I mean, I, I like one of those stims, dude. No, okay. like, See, for me, it's harder to do on mushrooms with acid. I know I can just tear off a little tiny, little tiny piece and I know I'll be good. But like I was telling the guys last time, uh, I was going to work and I said, fuck it, I'm gonna microdose some shrooms. And I guess I ate, the stem was a little too much and I was at work kind of like, oh shit, I feel it, this is not good. But it turned out to be a great day because as I was trying to tell the guys last time is that I was noticing all the things throughout the day that I overlooked. Like for example, I was noticing that I wasn't keeping my back straight. I was noticing I was shifting the weight from one foot to the other instead of balancing myself. I was noticing how my breaths were shallow and that I should intentionally breathe deeper just these little things that that if you don't pay attention you're doing them and they're kind of you're kind of hindering yourself from raising your consciousness do y'all feel like that like y'all like right now are you taking deep breaths or shallow breaths drew uh i think i'm just in a normal state of relaxation probably the alpha state you know how there's different brain waves uh, I think, I'm, well, because I have to be uh, engaged, right? And I think the alpha brain waves are, are more of the brain waves that are uh, more in tune to more logical. Well, because in this podcast, we have to be. Maybe Chris is more, uh, uh, more relaxed. Oh, yeah, because the know, glasses, the sunglasses. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean always we, well, because he took psychedelics. Oh. Meaning us, we're sober. Maybe Pete will get a little bit more more relaxed with the white claw but no that's mine that's mine yeah well you you know yeah Yeah. but right now bro you guys are talking about microdosing but man i don't think i've ever microdosed for me for me doing psychedelics it was either all in (laughs) (laughs) but i've never done just enough for like what's the point might as well fucking go to the moon you know yeah yeah see i see that but i've never microdosed I, the, the way that I, well, the people that are really doing it are the programmers like in, in, in the California that are working with software like Facebook and all these. What, programs? Yeah, these, my yeah, like these people, these tech guys in California are all taking it because they say it helps them focus and write more creative code and like be more efficient. Oh, I, I, wonder, I wonder, wonder how you can do that whenever your, your career is basically being like really analytical but that's the thing when you microdose you're not tripping you're taking just enough to where your mind's the the neurons are connecting much better but you're not tripping you're not like oh look at the wall bro you're more like it's more like a very strong cup of coffee and the way that i like to describe it the way i like to describe it is imagine you're a little kid it's friday you're going on a field trip you're going home early your mom's getting you pizza, like everything, it feels like everything's going smoothly and perfect and your brain's just like firing on all cylinders, like easy. That's, that's like in a flow. Yeah, like, yeah, like you're in the flow state I, most yeah. of the time. You can, you can find that like naturally, if you just find, you just gotta find like the enjoyment and like whatever you're doing and there's a flow to it because when you enjoy something, you'll, you'll flow with it. Right. That makes sense. So with that, how about we introduce our, our, our guest a little early? Because I know Agnew, last time we mentioned it, he mentioned it briefly about... <clears throat> this is going to be Agnew's third or fourth appearance. I don't know, but he's the highest... He's been here the most as a guest, and I love him because... So I'm pretty sure we got to Maybe, I don't know, but I, I feel like I can talk to Agnew about anything for hours. And I don't, I've never even met him in person, but that's the thing I love about this podcasting game. You meet people, and you're, you're like... I feel blessed because I have this guy now 
in a different state on a different part of the world that I can relate and talk to. And I think we all can do that, but we just have all these barriers that are keeping us from being able to talk to one another. So uh, we're going to welcome back our guest, Agnew Wilson. He's been on three or four times. Welcome, Agnew. How are you doing today? Hey, man. What's going on? Thank you for coming on again. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's, it's, it's really cool to hear other people talking about their trips and um, how they come to uh, psychedelics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me being, you know, I guess I'm probably the oldest dude in the room. So, you know, I was, you know, I started doing psychedelics in the six, I mean, the seventies, you know, cause I came out of that whole hippie trip, my parents. And uh, so it's, it's, you know, like to hear that people are still doing them these days is really cool. I, um, you know, I, I, like I told you, Juan, I'm using, you know, my best friend, he's 72 and I'm, I'm microdosing him. And in three months, he's flipped the script, like he's off all of his psych meds. And he like, he, like the difference is night and day. And like, I did give him a major dose and he had a death experience. He said, I don't, <laughs> I don't want, I died. I don't want to ever do that again. Please don't ever give me that much again. I don't care. I get it. So listening to you guys talk about is, is, is great because you know the thing about psychedelics is that they're here for a purpose and you know it's not you know there's nothing wrong with any outside agent it's the person that's using them that makes the agent either something that's good for them and then ultimately you know uh, a benefit to the community or at least those people around them or they're using it selfishly and ignorantly and causing themselves to be like you know a drain on on the community and people around them you know you can use drugs and psychedelics one of two ways you're either expanding your consciousness and you're taking yourself up no matter whatever way you're doing it or you're not right and that's I, my hard experience you know I, I totally agree and um when you're speaking about it that way of psychedelics i love to always come back to drew's perspective because uh, we both like psychedelics, but I like how Andrew's more cautious and he's always more prone to tell people, hey, when you're doing this stuff, you have to be careful because you're opening up your consciousness to these things. Like, explain, Drew, what do you mean when you talk about this in this way? Well, I just believe that, that there's different realms and different dimensions, right? And um, I think that when we do psychedelics, not just psychedelics, but any form of medication, alcohol, uh, marijuana, like, like literally anything that alters your state of consciousness. I think you have to be really cautious and, and take caution because um, through those practices and other practices too, like new age practices, uh, tarot card reading, um, psychic reading, um, some claim the Ouija board, anything that that's more spiritual, you do open yourself up to a spiritual realm. And so then the question becomes, um, what are what is the spiritual realm, and who are these spiritual entities? Um, are they for good or for bad? Um, me personally, I find the creativeness, my creativity one. Uh, you guys see my typewriter out, my guitar out, you know, this is, I use it for my artistry. Uh, I usually take them alone and stuff, you know, because I'm at the comfort of my own condo, but whenever I have to operate in life, I have to work and stuff. Of course, I, I, I gotta be sober, but so, so yeah, that's my only thing. Uh, you, you have to have those boundaries because 
I've heard lots of things, um, and I've read lots of things, um, where, where sometimes it's detrimental to a, a person's uh, spirituality, their spiritual growth. And um, right. yeah, you know, so to me, I'm all about caution. And like I said, guys, I, I use it for creativity. I, I feel better whenever I write, I get, get outside of my mind and I get to be more creative with my ideas and so forth. So. And so with that, Agnew, I want to throw the ball back to you and ask you, because I know that you had a real transformative experience. You had like a very terrible life with and connection with drugs and it was kind of leading you astray. Well, terrible was not the right word. Actually, it was fantastic. Terrible for other people to hear, never has it, was it ever terrible for me. It was quite the opposite. And to speak to what that guy, what he just said, it's, it is important that people be cautious. I've learned the hard way and the long way from the back side of the back seat that there's, I've learned over the years, and I'm 60, so I've learned I had a 36-year-long meth habit. I had a major cocaine habit. I had a major black beauty habit. I had a major MDA habit. I had a major quaalude habit. I've, I've had a major alcohol habit, a tobacco habit. What is I black beauty? All. Is that heroin? Uh, black beauties are diet pills and Christmas oh. trees. Those are, that's what I started out when I was 15. Oh, shit. And crosstops. You get, they were diet pills that you'd get from your doctor. And they fuck you up? And so, do, do they uh, well, they're nothing like methamphetamine, but they make you go faster. Uh, and they're great for drinking alcohol. You, that's what I used them for was to go out at night because you could drink all night and not get drunk. Okay. And, right. and so what I noticed over the years that there are certain people that it doesn't matter if you introduce them to two hits off of a joint or three hits off of, you know, um, a, a meth pipe, or if you give them, you know, three snorts of cocaine, or if you give them a quit, it wouldn't matter what you give them. These people are already predisposed to some serious, just for lack of better terms, I don't like using the term mental health because it's a stigmatizing, but a mental health challenges. And these people always, it's like an, it, it exacerbates whatever's there immediately. And let me tell you, I've seen some pretty insane stuff. So I'm all about being cautious. That's really important. You know, in the late 60s, there was a famous uh, story that everybody used, you know, all the parents and everybody around, don't take LSD because it'll ha what happened to Art Winkler's daughter? You know, she jumped off the balcony of her apartment and jumped to her death when she took acid. You know, and it's like, yeah, well, she probably jumped to her death because if you knew who Art Linkletter was, he was not a great man. He was a horrible, you know, like who knows what was going on. So you don't blame the LSD. You don't blame the psychedelics because that's, that's always was something that I was really forceful about with people in conversations. We're just like with guns. We're not going to blame the LSD because the person tripped out, you know especially if they were pre-warned and had some pre-informed idea about what they were doing. If they tripped out, it's sad. But, you know, it's always been my experience. There was something going on with that person in the first place. Right, right. So I'm totally all about being cautious. And then on the flip side about that, I've always believed, well, why not take as much as you can to see how far your car, how fast and far your car will go before it starts shaking on the, you know, on the wheels and starts, you know, like, let's see how fast this baby goes. Right. So, you know, I, I did lots of like dropping lots of LSD at once and, you know, 
I've done all that. I've done massive amounts of drugs to see what it was like, you know? What's, and, the, most, um, what's the most acid you've taken? Well, when I first, you know, it was really embarrassing. When I was like 16, I had this job at this dinner theater. I was a busboy and slash waiter. And there was this dude there. I had already taken acid with my girlfriend. We had taken Black Star. But I had just taken, you know, one hit. She gave me, we, I'd taken one hit. I didn't realize, so I was getting these four-way black stars. You know, this is like in the 70s. You know, you get them for six bucks. And um, it was a four-way hit, a black star, perforated paper, right? I thought that the black star, I didn't understand what the perforated things were. So I was thinking I was buying one hit of acid. So I was buying like five or six, right? Oh, and I would like take two hits. <laughs> so I was taking eight hits thinking wow and I, and I remember like this is going on for the entire summer and then we got he and then he got something different and he got some microdot and i was like oh wow you don't have any more of the black stars but one oh why is like you know because that sounds really good you know, i would take you know i was taking two hits at a time that shit was sending me through the roof and he was and somehow i ended up telling him, yeah i took two full stars no no idiot you were taking you know four hits each right so i guess the most i've taken at a time was you know, eight hits. And what, what what would you see? What Can you describe really quickly? What All I did was basically laugh and enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. I have never in my life had a bad trip on anything except for my own horrible, made, my own worst made circumstances. But, Drugs were like, oh, my God, like I would do it all over again. But did it, you get any... Exactly where I am today. Did you I get any deep insights? live like that, huh? Did you get any deep insights in that those heavy mushrooms, like the heavy? Oh my God! Yeah, I carry. I, I I had massive insights into. I had massive insights all my life, being high, always. Like, give me an example. Can I tell you what they are? No. All I know is that in <laughs> hindsight, they were expanding my consciousness more and more because I got to where I am today in my current state of consciousness. And I know that I couldn't have gotten here for me personally unless I had chosen to take the path that I took. And everybody told me, don't go down that path. And I'm like, yeah, well, bye. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would never advise taking the path that I took to any other human being. It would be, it would be like illogical. It wouldn't be right. right. You know, you know, everybody has their own path. This was the path that worked for me. You know, mm. like I sought, I told you this, I sought <laughs> to get as high for as long as I could. Right. Until I either died or got it out of my system. Dang. And you know, I guess we were kind of talking about that earlier. What do you think is that yearning in the human spirit that wants to not only just get fucked up, but alter their mind and alter their perception? You know what? I, I, know, I, know, I don't want to sound sappy. And I mean this with my, all my heart. Because, you know, this is a question that if you would ask me three years ago, I couldn't have given you a real good answer. Now I'm clear. What it is that drives all of us, whether we're conscious of it or not, and I'm going to say probably 99% of us are unconscious of it, whether we agree with it or not, that we're all seeking, okay, we're all seeking happiness. That's the first thing that all souls seek is happiness. And what I, and, and, and we're deluded through our own ignorance and certain situations to believe that happiness is what we see, think, hear, and feel and touch here on the planet. And I, I'm, I'm now convinced that we're all seeking God. We just don't know it. Right. I love that. That's what we're all seeking. When, no matter what it is, we're all seeking 
God in one way or another. We're all seeking him. Even the evil people, even people that are committing evil, the misguided people, in one way or another, they don't know it, but they're, they're in, in, in a seeking mode. It may take them a lot, a lot longer than other people, but I really believe at the end of the day, that's what everybody's seeking, because we're all his children, even our enemies. We're all his children, you know, and we're all made that way. Some just are in error and some aren't. Hmm. And I think at the end of the day, we're all seeking God, really, seriously. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I think if I look back on my life, I know that I was always seeking God and I was looking at it through someone. I was seeking truth. Number one, I wanted to know who was the man behind the curtain because I always knew there was a man behind the curtain. So I wanted to know that and I wanted to know if there was a God, I wanted to find the right source of information to learn about God. That's really what always sort of drove me all my life. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think it's weird how people, I don't know, it just seems that drugs, I don't know, they bring in some of that um, euphoria and can, people can easily get confused and, I don't know, uh, get confused and, and not perceive that that's not God, that's just the drugs, but sometimes I feel like people get lost in them and then they seek that dragon and they feel like feeling, oh my God. getting those good feelings is going to bring them closer to God. But what you were saying earlier, you said that we all seek happiness. And I, and I the more I see people from different countries and all over the world, I, I agree. Yet there's always these institutions and these powers that negate and keep us from this happiness. And this right. brings us to the topic that I want to bring up, which is the centralized right. government and the centralized banking system, which right. is what creates all of this treachery. So yesterday... Right. Uh, we kind of, it's its interesting because I had a guest we were going to have on, but he kind of bailed and I hit you up and you were, luckily you were available and we kind of quickly just came up with this topic and I hit up Drew and I told him to do some research. So Drew, how about you kind of prime us for this talk and tell us what you find and then we can have Wilson here who, who said he's, he's read a couple books on this and have his perspective on this whole thing. What did you kind of discover yesterday? So on, on centralization, on centralization, correct? Yeah, centralized banking system and all of that. Well, so I skimmed through some articles. I have the links right here. My Microsoft Word would pop up. Um, I did also take some notes. Um, so basically, one of the, the, the main ideas that I found out was the rise in the value of cryptocurrency during the Ukrainian and Russian war. To me, I think that was a bit phenomenal. And I touched a little bit uh, briefly on that subject. I went more in depth in that article. But furthermore, I think most importantly, what I read about was before the pandemic, there were already several countries who were uh, experiencing a rapid decline in, in, in monetary exchange, specifically cash. And um, the COVID-19 pandemic brought about even a more, more um, modification to how countries um, exchange monetary value. And so in essence, the, this, this virus, if you will, um, it's, it's really jeopardized countries' um, willingness and ability to use cash. And uh, this is where CBDCs come into place. What is that? Their centralized bank digital currency. Oh, right. Um, basically, same thing as uh, fiat money, right? Uh, it's a centralized form of currency. 
Um, yeah, yeah. So the evolution of cryptocurrency and blockchain technology have created further interest in cashless societies and digital currencies. You know, and so um, I remember around this one time, I was uh, I decided to to look up um, I decided to look up this this uh, guy this actor Keanu Reeves, and that was because I think around that week uh, I was getting a lot of you know people tell me hey you look like Keanu Reeves or whatever. So I decided to look him up a little bit, look up quotes by him. And he did say, there's a quote by him uh, where he did say, you know, let me pull that up. Where basically he was talking about the so-called elites and the New World Order and, and stuff like that. And, you know, basically about him basically labeling himself as somebody who's, who's like against this. But he was really praising cryptocurrency and all of this other form of, form of digital currency, thinking that, uh, basically saying that it's a way to combat centralized digital currency. And I thought it was baloney, you know, for, I mean, firstly, because, um, you know, he's a big, gigantic Hollywood star who, you know, if you scroll through him, you know, he does a lot of the, the brotherhood symbols, I guess that's what you want to call it, that most... Um, A-list celebrities uh, do, you know, so um, I think he's depicted as like the nice guy of Hollywood and stuff, but I think there's definitely um, uh, some type of uh, selling out that he did. What was the quote? Oh, for sure. You know what? Let me look that up right now. What do you think about that as he looks that up, uh, Wilson? Oh, yeah, he's, he's just another one of the many uh, Illuminati shills. I mean, yeah. If he's on any sort, if Listen, he also pushes Trump coin. So as does as does Mel Gibson, as do a lot of other celebrities. Listen, if they're pushing anything like that, they are one of them. They are not our friends. Elon Musk, all these people, they're not our friends. They're not our friends. If it's on Reuters, if it's on any kind of platform getting to us and we're talking about it, then they're not our friends. That's how thick and deep the deception on this goes. And what do you, sure. what is your perspective on cryptocurrency? Because also well, before, whenever I started learning about this, I was like, oh yes, right, this is a right. way to like liberate ourselves. But if you really look, look and go down that alley, you realize this is exactly There is nothing in my, okay, listen, it's like guns. There's nothing wrong with an AK-47 with extra magazines and luck in the hands of somebody that's got their head on straight. But if you put it in the hands of a psychopath, then it's really dangerous. So the same thing with cryptocurrency. There's nothing wrong with it in its intrinsic value, what, how it's set up, like the idea of it. And there's nothing wrong with making money on it. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. It's how it's used and why it's used for the, for, for the purposes. So it's <laughs> like, for me, in my opinion, listen, you're as rich as you are, you have power or battery source. You ain't got power and you ain't got a battery source. Bitch, you don't have any money, I'm sorry. Sorry, without power, you don't have any money. And at least with monopoly fiat currency that they give us, you know, this fiat currency, at least it's in my pocket. At least it's in my pocket. I don't depend upon my battery life or my electrical service to have access to my cash to do business across the street. If I want to go buy a dime bag of weed across the street, I can't go do that because I don't have power. 
But if I have a $10 bill, I can go buy a dime bag a week. That's how I look at it. It's like, yeah, no, it's like really convenient for them and even more inconvenient for me. And so they flip it on us and oh yeah, look at all this, all these people are making money. I mean, blah, blah, blah. yeah, it's like, it's a flip job. Right. So there's nothing good about it. If there's nothing good about fiat currency, then indeed there's nothing good about uh, 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 cryptocurrency in the hands of the men that create it. Right. In, so so it's, these are dangerous weapons that dangerous people are using. If we had intelligent people using it, it would be, a, well, they wouldn't use these, but it would be a different trip. So it's really sticky there. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and Drew found that quote. Can you read it for us? This so, is from... Uh, yeah. So basically, guys, uh, I think this article is on many websites, but I'm basically reading from steamit.com, all right? It's titled, uh, this was four years ago. Keanu reads, Bitcoin will destroy the global elite, give power back uh, to people. Um, basically, as cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin smash all records again this week, movie star Keanu Reeves has spoken out to reveal that they will destroy the global elite and give power back to the future, he says. Um, the people are tired of being controlled by the banks, seeing fat cat bankers get rich at, and the expense of hardworking citizens. Bitcoin giving Bitcoin is giving the power back to the people and it will destroy the oligarchs and the global elite in the process. But it's moments like this, and even um, I'm pretty sure you guys are aware of how Jim Carrey went on. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Jim Carrey went on Jimmy Kimmel in talking about the so-called you know, Illuminati eye or like the mocking tongue. Right? Yeah. But right. you he's actually doing he's revelation like, of the method yeah, about like, revelation of like the method. It's just more magic. Somebody who's against the, this, this new world order. So people who aren't really ingrained in the truth. Who follow you know, along and think mean, it's a joke. Specifically Q Annan, you know, because, because, because Q, Q Annan fell for the whole Donald Trump exception. So people yeah, who are still babies quote-unquote babies and mature their movement they will fall for that jim carrey moment they will fall for, right. for this they will fall for this keanu reeves moment right. you know so it's basically these sellouts shooting themselves as being for this whole this is why i'm saying guys i really do i firmly do believe that they'll there will be a false counterfeit re revolution that mimics the real 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 revolution mm. as close as it can possibly mimic but but it'll be a counterfeit It'll just be a counterfeit revolution, just like the Donald Trump deception, just like QAnon and all these other false movements. So that's why I think it's not more important now than ever to be really, really vigilant. Right. Okay. I agree totally. Yeah. And so what, what would you say to that about that, Wilson? Because you were saying that, yeah, it, there's nothing wrong with it if it's used by the, pe the good guys, but you're saying right. if it is used by the bad guys... <coughs> For what so, purposes and what would they use it for and how would they use this as a hook to like hoodwink us? Okay, so 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 in the, the smallest nutshell, I've just about finished reading. Everybody needs to read this textbook. It's not a it's not a it's not something you read for fun. It's a textbook called The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. Put that out there. Everybody needs to go get a copy of that book and you need to read it. The fifth edition. The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. 
this is the most comprehensive. I knew that at some point in time, I would finally get to the book that I needed. So before I talk about the book, the important thing is for me, in these last four years that I've gone on this, I've probably given myself at least a bachelor's degree in the amount of books I've read in the last four years. All right. So I knew at some point I was going to get to the top of the pyramid. So I started from the bottom of the Illuminati period and I pyramid and I went through, there's so much stuff at the bottom from, Oh, the history of the Tartar. I mean, you can go there's Oh, the Ash. I mean, you can just go on and on about what's at the bottom of the period pyramid. And as you work yourself up and you learn more and more, it's like, it's going to take you eventually to the central banking, which sits at the very, it's the next last cap at, at the pyramid. And, and so I knew I would get to the, this subject at some point. So this book has brilliantly laid out the history of money and more importantly, the history of the Federal Reserve. And in so doing, they give you a history of, I mean, he literally gives you the history of money going back 2003, 4,000 years. He gives you a history of the Civil War. He gives you a history of all the major banking families. He gives you a history of how banks started all around the world. It's an incredible book. And the nutshell about this book is that he's constantly making points throughout the book that we need to kill the creature. And the creature is this, this, this current Federal Reserve that we now use, that the entire world, all the countries on the planet, use U.S. dollars. It has become a, a, not just a central bank for the United States, it's a central bank for the entire fucking planet. And so the men that created this, 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 you know, thing called the Federal Reserve in 1910, they got together and created. So here again, these are men that have the greatest power, the greatest wealth in Europe and America. These are men that knew the exact history of central banking and how it had been disastrous three times in a row for the United States from before we became a country until after we became a country, we used central banks and all three times it caused the United States and the colonies to crash nearly. So they all knew this history. And so what they did was they decided to create another banking cartel, another central bank. And this time they were gonna use the word federal, which gave it the indication to everybody that this was a government thing and the word reserve, which was to indicate that it had all this money. When it was neither, it had neither money, it had barely any money, and there was nothing federal about it. It was a group of rich men that owned and operated the bank. Right. So, so goes the history, and I'm just about done, of this fiat currency and the central banking. And so it's these central bankers that's, that are, that these are the dudes that have these families above them basically dictating what everybody else is going to do down the pyramid. It's the central bankers. Because none of the agendas that are being used to depopulate this planet, to ensnare, you know, they're going to try to entrap our souls. It'll never happen. I'm sorry, it can just never happen. It's in a fantasy land, it will, but it's not going to happen to us. So they, you need money. And all of central banking, all of this, all of this fiat currency is created out of debt. It's created solely out of your debt, not their debt, but your debt. They 
they start you out with debt and they make money off of your debt. Okay, they okay. Make, uh, Wilson, making money off of money that Wilson, doesn't even exist. You're giving us the highly, uh, this is the talk for like people who are already investigated, but I want to, how about let's break it down for people who have no idea about how either money came from or how it's used through fractional reserve banking to generate money out of thin air. Let's, well, that, that's, yeah, go let's ahead. Talk, can you explain to us how money, uh, like uh, paper money was created out of the blacksmith having the gold do you know that the story of how money was created oh there's there's a whole bunch of the history of money itself is i i is i didn't you know i read and there yeah i understand there's all these different things in the united states they were using bonds and they were using certificates of ious and they were using uh printed fiat currency like all the colonies when we started had their all all different colonies had their own printed fiat currency but most people still used silver and gold see by using silver and gold you can't do fractional reserve banking yeah yeah that's what i'm trying and to get fractional to. reserve banking was around back then the monster was already in europe running all the banks the rothschilds it's so fractional reserve banking is in essence they make money off of the not the not the not the not the not the zero balance at the bottom of the sheet but the negative zero balance below the sheet it's money off of it's the they're making money off of the interest of the debt that they start you out at yeah let me see i'm going to so give a quick story to never, kind of explain it never, to let me give a quick huh? story let me give a quick story to how people how this this came about so back in the day okay uh, the way you traded stuff with, with gold, like you said, with gold or silver, a tangible, real thing that had value. So you traded with this, but nobody, you don't want to have all this gold at your place, so you went to a bank. And back then, the banks were actually the blacksmith because these <coughs> were the people who, who smelted uh, different metals and gave it form and shape and actually gave value to these raw materials. So you would go to this blacksmith and you would give him your gold and he would protect it and keep it safe for you in a safe. So you would give him, for example, an ounce of gold, and, and with that, with that, he would give you basically receipts saying that he has your gold, and that at any time you need that gold, he can just come back with those receipts and get his gold back. But what right. happened is, after the, the blacksmith started dealing with, like, I don't want to say the Jews, but the people who really understood banking and created this system of like you said, making and generating money off of it's interest. The Rothschild formula, yeah. Right. Go ahead. So what would happen is, for example, me and Drew would go to this blacksmith, give him an ounce of gold, and he would give us the receipts. So what then this guy would do, he would loan out money to people, say someone else needed money, you could come to this guy and say, hey, let me borrow some of that gold that you have in your safe, which actually belongs to Drew, let me borrow some of that so I can buy some stuff and I'll come back and pay it back and I'll give you some more money with the interest that you're charging me. But this is where they fuck us. Where does that money for that interest come from to pay off that debt? It's like you said, it all creates debt and debt is cash. It's just like, right. it's this double thought that they do in our head that we kind of just bypass and we don't see how this... And to that, and to that, let me read something that one of the Rothschilds wrote uh, to that very, very point, this very point, he says, oh, my God, I, I, it's so funny that you said this because I put it aside today. 
they know they know that what they're doing is they're creating something that nobody okay here it goes this blows my mind okay on june 25th 1863 exactly four months after the national bank act was signed into law that's here in the united states a confidential communique was sent from the rothschild investment house in london to an associate banking uh, firm in new york it contained an amazingly frank and boastful summary it says the few who understand the system bank loans earning interest and also serving as money will either be so interested in its profits or so dependent upon its favors that there will be no opposition from that class while on the other hand the great body of people mentally incapable of comprehending will bear its burdens without complaint so basically they're telling you that they know that people are never going to figure out how fucking complicated they did this on purpose. These bankers, the Warburg, Warburg, all these bankers back in 1910 that created the Federal Reserve, they purposely made the current central banking system as we know it 10 times more complicated on purpose so that people would just look at it and go, ah, whatever, I can still get a credit card, oh, whatever. It's, it's a psyop. Right. Right. And you would think that if we're in this such technologically advanced society that would teach children, like, not just the basics of arithmetic, but actually how to generate income and wealth where they can bring right. their families up. But it's but like, right. they don't teach you any of the terminology with finances. And like when I, I kind of glimpse at the ec economics books and finance and all that, and you're right, it, it's just the terms that they give to different concepts and ideas. It's right. intentionally made complicated so that the normal person is like, fuck this, I'm just gonna put my money in the bank. And like you said, just get a credit card. And they don't right. understand. Right, in the Federal Reserve. That's such a psyop right there. There's nothing federal about it, and there's no re hardly any reserve. Because, like you said, that's the another nature of their banking is that they all banks give money, give your money to other people, and they give money away that they don't have. They loan people money that doesn't exist. See, when the guy asks in the book, he says, "What is money?" And if you think about it for a second, what is money? Oh, is money the dollar bills and coins you have in your pocket? Is money that's in your is money that's in your checking account? Is money what is is money that's on your credit limit? Is that money that's in the money that you owe on your credit card? What is money exactly? Where do you classify money? <laughs> and think about it. So these guys know that they can basically tax us at both ends of our debt and a debt that they created for us and they give us the privilege of using it yeah yeah it's, it's wild how we've been like when you really stop and think about it like kids understand more about just how to live in the real tangible world because if i were to explain my daughter like a loan and interest rate she'll be like what why is he chart why is that guy asking you for more money if he's letting you borrow money. It's just like, it's very complicated. And you would think that we lived in a society that, that if somebody needed help and needed a loan, you're not gonna charge them interest and kick them while they're down to like make more money off their back. Why don't you just loan right. them out the money without the interest? Like the interest is really most of the root of all evil. Cause right. when someone needs something, how is it that you're going to let them borrow something, but then even ask more of them when they don't have anything to give? It's just, it's, it's a sick system. And I want to ask you and Chris and Pete, what do y'all think about the monetary system and just how what money is in general? What are your oh, perspectives? Bullshit. Okay. I paid more for it. 
Huh? Gotta pay more for what like you want to get, you know. Mm. Interesting. What about you, Chris? What, you, what is your perspective? I'm not here right now, bro. Oh, I'm he, just listening. He, okay. <laughs> what about you, Drew? Drew, Drew went to his little library. He pulled out two books, <laughs> and he was he had something to say. What do you have to say, Drew? So, so I, I want to state some more research that I did on my Microsoft Word, but um, I know that I know that on my uh, David Icke book. By the way, guys, this is um, uh, everything you need to know, but I've never been told. By who? And who wrote this book? David Icke. David Icke. But then again, guys. Um, I'm, I'm all about not automatically expelling anybody, but so I try to take some of the truths about you and, and I try to use it in my favor, but I'm all in all not, not a complete, uh, I guess, avid reader of, of David Icke because of his other beliefs, like an Ayahuasca voice and, and stuff like that. Uh, Joel Rogan talked about it on this podcast a few times, but one a few good excerpts that I had read from his book that I had underlined too, you guys can see. The it's, book is um, all underlined, basically. Uh, basically, he says, world government would control... All, okay, and this is uh, page 419, guys. Again, page 419, everything you need to know but, I know, but have never been told by David Icke. Page 419. World government would control all finance through a world central bank imposing its will through subordinate levels already being moved into place like the European Central Bank. There would be only one global electronic currency and cash would be eliminated. I have been warning about the cashless society since the early 1990s. And now cash is being deleted at an ever quickening speed. Some countries are already virtually cashless and credit card against and credit card giant Visa has begun paying businesses businesses to stop taking coins and notes. Um, the International Monetary Fund uh, published advice to governments on how to delete cash and what they suggest is happening. And this is what they published. Although some countries will most likely, most likely will be cash in a few years, going completely cashless will be phased in steps. The decashing process could build on the initial and largely uncontested steps, such as phasing out of large demonition bills. And guys, we already know that the $100 Boulevard bill is being phased out. There's many articles about that written, like in New York Times, etc. Google that for yourself. And also the placement of ceilings on cash transactions and the reporting of cash moves across the borders. Um, so basically, he, David I goes on to say, a cashless world is all about controlling surveillance, but ignorance of the real agenda behind the deletion of cash is the reason why surveys suggest that a third of Europeans would, ha would be happy to go cashless. Not if they knew the consequences, they wouldn't. A cashless world means that you would not be able to purchase anything that the system right. didn't know about immediately. Right. Barter would be banned on the grounds that it can't be taxed, and anyone right. who resisted, challenged, and exposed the authorities would have their access to money deleted by right. a simple click, click, enter cash. Right. You can hold in your hand is a bulwark against total financial control, and that is what is this. I, I love that. So, what, in your opinion, Drew, what do you think? What is the goal of having this cashless society? Why take away cash? Well, 
it paves the way for a global centralized bank. And just like what I was reading off of my, my, my Word documents, this is what's become the new norm now, CBDCs, centralized bank digital currencies. Um, yeah, this is exactly what's, what's becoming the new norm. Um, yeah. The level and trend in cash used in a country will influence the demand for central bank digital currency, CBDC. While access to digital currency will be more convenient than traveling to an ATM, it, it only makes CBDC like a bank debit card not better. Uh, demand for digital currency will thus be weak in countries where cash use is already very low due to a preference for cash substitutes. So these are basically notes that I took in my, in my, um, in my, uh, in my Word document. Um, but basically with the COVID-19 basically furthered and it augmented, it, it placed digital currency, CBDCs, um, on a pedestal because countries are realizing now that that's ultimately the way to go. Right. Out of yeah. fear of contracting the virus, but other steps too, I believe, man. It's not just because of COVID-19, but um, we also have cyber threats, cyber security, and people are going to want uh, a more quote-unquote safe and convenient way of not having their their money stolen. Right. What not better way to get pro than, than you know, um, so Wilson, I would like to hear your perspective. And once we implement a cashless society, how does We're this fucked. play in? We're fucked. But how and, do and, number one, it's not going to happen on some level because let me tell you, you guys are using the word centralized and central, and that's the operative word here. Because think about it, I don't know how many how many of y'all would like to take a road trip across the country or road trip across the state. Listen, you know these electric cars. You know, you can take a road trip in your gas car. You can't do it in an electric car. You know why? They're shutting us down. You're free to roam, but they're giving us our roaming space less. So this is all about centralization of everything. So yeah. so the whole thing is, is if we get to the point where it's totally, if, it's, if it gets to that point, then we're already at one world government. We're already, we're all, we'll already be there. And I'm convinced that it's come hell and high water that because of people because of podcasts like this and posts on Facebook and other media it's not going to happen you know because the thing is let's just, just just upgrade this conversation now is to throw in the AI now so the Jesuits are working hard overtime and especially with the Chinese right now to to do a lot with artificial intelligence on this planet. And they're helping the Chinese. That's why the Chinese seem to be so advanced in everything with their AI. That's because the Jesuits are helping them do this. They're the one, that's where the fuel is coming from for the Chinese. It's not the Chinese know-how, it's the Jesuits. And hey, that being hey, said- you, And, and um, uh, the, the Jesuits helping, the, helping uh, the, the, the Jesuits being at the center of it, um, uh, uh, basically, what if somebody wants to know more about that? Uh, what resources could they look at? What oh, Leo, Gis what uh, Leo Zagami, a book by Leo Zagami called "Confessions of an Illuminati." It's a current book, and he goes deep down the rabbit hole about the current situation with the amount of the high rate of possessions that are taking place 
And I don't know if you guys heard that recent story about that chatbot, that Google engineer um, had the conversation with that chatbot that supposedly now they're calling it a sentient being. So what's happening a lot now through Ouija boards and seances was the old school way for people to be possessed. Now people are being possessed by the dozens through gaming, online gaming, online gambling, and uh, and and uh, uh, the meta world, you know, the metaverse. Possessed how, how, Wilson? How do they become possessed? Possessed by demons because they're working hard over time. And also to throw in the mix too, we've got, you know, our Wall Street runs 70% of it. All the trading is done by Aladdin. That is an AI, black rock, like it's probably got a soul by now, computer that does 70% of all the world's trades. And it's called Aladdin? Aladdin. There you go deep down dive on that computer, man. That's like some scary shit. It's now doing stuff. And so the Jesuits are working. Their whole point, they want to usher in the Antichrist through AI. Mm -hmm. And demons, the technical world, the cyber world, is, is, is a highly accessible, easy place for demons to get in. People are being possessed like crazy now. There's, and he goes deep into, you know, perfect possession, which is a different type of possession versus possession. And the way people get possessed, you have to really be of low caliber. Let me, so nobody gets scared from this shit. You have to be a type of person that has, you're one of those people that you don't question anything. You're really low energy. And you, you know, you have probably more than likely really low self-esteem. And you have probably no interest in the world except for that video game that you're playing or whatever it is, or, you know, or the porn that you're watching is excessively or whatever it is through a screen, because that's why they call it Saturn's cube. So if you're one of the, if you have to be really a weak minded individual in order to be possessed, you you, you cannot, if you believe in God in God and all that, even in in something greater than yourself and you're a strong willed, uh, a alpha type person, it's not going to happen. It's only weak minded people, but there's a lot of weak minded people out of there because remember, the Tavistock Institute, the Frankfurt School, and all those other institutions, the Rockefeller Foundation, they worked hard, especially in the 75 years, to create that what we call our culture that we live in now, which is full of mentally ill people everywhere if you look around. Everybody's yeah. fucked up now. Man, I think it's insane right now when you were talking about possessed. It, it made me think of maybe back in the day, back in the olden times, when someone was, maybe they saw someone who had alcoholism or was addicted to some type of behavior, maybe back then they didn't have the language to say they were addicted, but maybe they would say something along the lines that that guy's possessed and he's always seeking alcohol, he's always seeking these weird things. Maybe now, if you look at it that way, that all these addictions people have are a form of possession into which they're doing things that they don't really wanna do, but because they're kinda like psychologically attached to these things, it's a form of possession, and they're being controlled. Well, yeah, but when we're talking about possession, I'm talking about an actual demon inside their body. You think- Case in point, the Pope. He is apparently a perfectly possessed, what they call the false prophet. Perfectly Perfect possession means that you do an actual ritual to have a demon inhabit your body. Whoa. Beyonce is another version of perfect possession. 
they openly asked the demon to come inside. Have you seen the recent pictures of her for her new fucking Renaissance show or tour? She looks like she's eight, like she's 12, her face. It's like, I know she's a witch. Like she's the head of the Mothers of Darkness. It's like scary shit. Who? So yeah, these people, Beyonce. Beyonce, So these people, these people that are getting possessed and there's all different levels of possession, by the way. There's exorcist style possession and there's all different low on different variations. But what ends up happening, the reason why demons possess people is they want to be in a body because they, they just, they just, they, they're, that's their biggest desire is to inhabit a body and then suck all the life force out of it, basically kill it. Right. That's, you know, they're like a leech onto, they can't get your soul. All they can get is your body. That's another thing people should learn. It's really important. Demons and the devil can't get your soul. When they say he sold his soul, no, you sold over karmically a period of time, but you can't sell your soul because your soul is a part of God. And it's, it's, you can't do that. It's impossible. God, you can't give your soul to Satan. You can't give a part of God to Satan. It's not going to happen. He can't take your soul. He can take your consciousness. People confuse their consciousness with their soul. Their consciousness is separate from their soul. So, so, so that's Agnew, really what's, good. What's I mean, you can really take that to heart. So, Agnew, what's the... Because I've always... I think the soul is, is the, the subconscious mind. Um, I, I think it's really synonymous with the heart, where those layers of, of, of deep embedded beliefs are. You know, um, that's why whenever people say... Oh, he sold his, he or she sold his soul, not their spirit, because I think people still have a chance to be redeemed, right? But by soul, right. well, I mean, I mean, how I interpret that, and I've, I've touched a fee on that, but by soul, I mean, they sold over their mind, their will, their so their belief system is now deeply rooted and deeply embedded. Their consciousness like, is deeply like embedded in that, doctrine. right. But and it's only temporary. Like subconscious mind. Is that what, are you saying those two are different or? No, the subconscious mind is different from the, and the conscious mind are two different aspects of yeah. our consciousness. Yeah. And the super conscious mind is the part that's connected to our soul. We're all souls, which we're a spark of the divine, which is a God, divine mother. We're a spark of that same light. And we're in delusion because we believe through our own delusion and another and another type of delusion that we're separate from all of that. We're souls. So our consciousness can get entrapped and ensnared for a while in the devil's play tools. Our souls cannot like nothing can touch the soul, only our consciousness. And our subconscious mind is just is just a lower level of our conscious mind in this dream world that we're in, basically. Yeah, I, t- I totally vibe with that. And I see, like, <laughs> we are in a spiritual battle. And I always say when I post things is that the the prize is ultimately your mind, your soul, your your attention. That's what they want. Anything to your distract Your attention. You, yeah, anything to distract you from you acknowledging God or giving glory to God or try to better yourself. Anything that takes you away, which is like you were saying earlier, right. porn, addictions, uh, television, all kinds of things to like make right. you forget about God and put him in the, right. in the erase it. That's that's all right. that's going on. And yeah, that's what it's it all. Ulti- 
Yeah, and this is what I'm trying it's to a, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's a major spiritual battle right battle battle right now. It's a war on our consciousness. It literally is a war on. Our, they don't need our money. They don't. Need, they have our bodies. They don't need land. They don't need any of that. What they need is our consciousness, and that, my friends, they're never going to get. A year ago, I was living in a lot of fear that they were going to get it. I've been blessed enough to move above that and say, you know what? They're never going to get it. I'm sorry. There's just, they're never going to get it. It's not going to happen because I see too many people on the street now. I hear people, I have, I'm loud and I have conversations on the street. And the other day I was talking about central banking or something. And this UPS driver walks, he was walking, he was listening to me and he puts a thumb up, you know, it's like, so it's like, Wow. So people are waking up. I get the experience that people are waking up. Oh yeah. yeah. Collectively, all the time that we give to a podcast like this and posting that we do and talking about it to other people, even if it's in our family and our friends, even if you're not doing it online, you're making a difference in the energy, the overall energy field, and you're fighting it because it's the only way to fight it is with our collective consciousness. It's a spirit, like I said, because it really is, it's a spiritual war on our consciousness these people really do follow satanic trips on all different levels they really are you know and these these are the people that are at the top of the bankers and it's primarily the the italian bloodline the you know the kazarian the borgia you know it's that small elite of families in italy that are sucking the blood out of the entire planet these people are more than likely connected to beings that are in another dimension possibly you know there's all that talk that there's all that possibility that's all those rabbit holes i really believe that and i also believe with my heart of hearts that they're going to fail at every turn that it's never parts of it what is already happening look what's happening in china parts of it are already happening yeah parts are cashless parts of this parts of that at the long run see here's what i always tell everybody at the end of the day there is no country on the planet that is as heavily armed as this country, the United States of America. Yeah, I agree. God bless the Second Amendment. God bless ammunition. And God bless firearms. Right, yep. I always say America is the last bastion of hope. If they destroy the, the idea of America, we're, we're fucked. And, I and actually, they're not. I, wanna... I have too many. You guys are in Texas, right? Yes, yes. I, I have I a gun have right now. I have too many. I have too much faith. The state of my, my, my best friend roommate is from Texas. My, it's another country. Just Texas alone. I always tell people, okay, yeah, yeah, you can give us your new world order agenda, cashless, this, that, devil, come on, take. But at the end of the day, they got to come for us. And I know there are so many uh, uh, people out there <laughs> that are waiting, that have been waiting for this day. And I know that it's a well, well, highly organized militia. I've not read it anywhere. I just know in my gut of guts. I have, I'm direct descendant of one of the signers of the Constitution of the United States. I'm a patriot at heart. I'm a patriot for what the Illuminati, you know, democracy is an Illuminati concept, just the same as communism is. The thing where they fucked up is that there are people that took to heart that patriotic constitutional patriot way of living where nobody's going to screw around with it like they did 
You know, there are purists at heart, and I'm a purist at heart that level. They would have to kill me first before I would succumb. And I know there are millions of us on the, on, on the, in, in the United States that are like that. I know it. Uh, There's agree. millions of us. I agree. The, the, only, the only concern that, that I have is I don't necessarily think, Agnew, that they'll quote-unquote come for you or come for us. I, I think that people are, majority of, of people are going to willingly and welcomely walk right into it. Um, people are going to uh, beg, if you will, for... Oh, yeah, that's the plan. One world that's system. the plan. Oh, you're totally right. That's the you know? Tavistockian plan for the last 50 years to get them to beg. For. We already have people begging in yeah, Washington yeah. for after you know the school in Texas, please take away our guns. It's already going on. They were already, they're already, you know, those sheep are already out there. What I'm saying at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, because at some point there's not going to be any media thing that they can do or talking, that somebody's going to try to do something on one side or the yeah, other. Yeah. The government, these people are purposely creating this. And what I'm saying is that th there's too much firepower in this, in the United States for them to do shit to us. In, the only thing they could do is literally spray us with toxic poison to kill us all. That's the only thing they could do. Hmm, right. So well, I really think it's these patriot people that are good. A lot of them aren't even aware of what the Illuminati is. A lot of these patriot people don't even know what the New World Order is. They just know at the end of the day that you're not taking my gun away. They're, you're not. And there's no, they don't care about anything else. You're just not taking my gun. And it's those people, I really, in my gut of hearts, I, you know, because there's a, only a small percentage of us that are going to flip the entire collective consciousness. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you know right like it, it was a little guy that took down Goliath, you know, and slew David. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a lot to take down a giant. And I have faith and trust that that's going to happen. How it's going to happen, I have no idea. Are people going to die? Yeah, people are going to die. I mean, you know, are blows going to be thrown? Yeah, blows going to be Shit, it'll go down. And at the end of the day, we will overcome this. We will. I know we will. And, and one thing that I also do realize, too, is that I think the whole process in some way and form is, is, is to eliminate more of these stronger people, just how, like you mentioned, Agnes, uh, uh, just how, how, like you mentioned, Agnes, these people who are who are awake and standing strong. I think the whole uh, process is to eliminate and, and break down, break this down more and more through this whole process of, of divide and conquer. And that's, right. why, that's why I think America is hit so, 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 so hard with that, you know, um, with yeah. people being separated by color, by race. By, oh and, yeah, and, 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 and even by beliefs, man. Even by religion. Oh, everything. Um, politics, even the man. yeah, even the truthers, either the Truth even the truther groups truthers are divided. It, it all started in the sixties with the all-out assault on Western civilization with the Tavistock Institute. It was a cultural assault on everything in the United States that has not ended. You know, we're right up with it with Netflix. You know, I mean. Yeah. Just the, the fact that, that, that Netflix is so popular, I keep telling people, 
A society that promotes mental illness is always shocked when faced with the results. It's like, knock, knock, hello, is there anybody there? <laughs> because, you know, because like, Agnew, I think it's, I think people are, are blind to it because mental, um, the content that, 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 that subconsciously subverts people to mental illness it's it's prepackaged in the form of of like pop culture or, or, or like yeah. entertainment you know yeah yeah uh, it's social engineering yeah, i mean these so are tavistock yeah. institute scientists that are telling these screenwriters what to write i mean it, this is straight up literal brainwashing and programming because the people that run the uh, uh, Netflix Corporation; those two dudes are connected with Edward Bernays and all the and all those and the Tavistock Institute. You can Google it. I mean, it's like it's open information. They're connected to the, to the Tavistock Institute, which, of course, why wouldn't they be? All of Hollywood is a Tavistock Institute military arm of the Zionists. There, they, it's never been about entertainment. It's about the assault on Western culture. Right. The Kazarian Jews. I don't like, you know, forgive me, God, for sounding like I'm settling, you know, I'm separating people out. But you got to call what you got to call it. And that's what it is. Right. The Kazarian Jews. And, at, and this is very interesting how earlier right now you were talking about the, the plan to segregate and uh, divide and conquer the people. It's very synchronistic because today I found this awesome um, quote by this is the first director general of the World Health Organization, the WHO, the first general director. This is what he says. His name is Brock Chris Holm. He says, to achieve world government, it is necessary to remove from the minds of men their individualism, loyalty to, famili to family traditions, national patriotism, and religious dogmas. So these are right. like the last bastions that are kind of holding everything together. And earlier how you were saying... Family traditions. That's right. the big one there. And earlier, That's the big one. Earlier you were saying how there's these people who are not don't know anything about the truth movement or, or anything about what's really going on with Trump and Biden. You were saying the gun lovers. They don't really know anything. They don't care about the politics and all of that. All of they right. really care at the end of the day is you're not taking away my gun. Yeah. And to add yeah. to that... <laughs> The, the, the other force that I think is waking up right now, especially because of all this LGBTQ shit that they're trying to force on our students yeah. or our kids, is the parents. If you can wake up that segment of the population, the majority, which is truly parents who, who are not going to let anything fuck up their little mind. If a true parent who loves their kids is not going to allow some transgender drag queen to right. come and read to right. their kids or have right. all these drag shows, even if you can get the population oh. to see that they're forcing this on kids... And you yeah. wake them up, man, it's over. Because from then, I'm already hearing so many parents are already taking their kids out of this education system because of this. You're right. You're right. And, and, and you know why? It's because of people like you and people like me and other people that are posting that shit. That stuff has energy in the in – the, it literally has power and energy. It, it, just because you're dropping a post on a social media, that doesn't mean – and it might be a shout-out, but you're still making a difference. Because people, like you said, one, they are. There are people. It is. See, what happens with evil is it always rebounds upon itself. It has its own seeds of destruction. Yeah. So at every turn that these people are coming at us, there are certain turns that are being knocked down. And I know there are parents that are not going to put it. This is my recent thing that's just firing my ass up. Like the more drag shows I see and shit like this with kids and shoving LGBT and, you know, I want to be transgender and these 
people reading transgender books to kindergartners. I, you know, it's like, I, you know, like I want to arrest them all. I want to arrest them all and, you know, and put them all away. I, I, and, I, and yet at the same time, I know, well, these people are being, 80% of them are good people that are being brainwashed by this Tavistock Institute, Frankfurt School, Rockefeller Foundation, Illuminati conditioned society that we live in. Totally, I totally agree. And like I said, it's happening. We just have to keep now. Disney's pressing; they've got their own LGBT line of clothing. And one of the big Disney heiresses just came out as transgender. I don't know if she's a he or if he's a she, but it you know it's a it's a transgender. You know, so even the Disney that Disney, Disney heiress really or a Disney heir, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like now they're pushing it, and they're pushing LGBT and the Catholic Church now has a whole LGBT arm connected to it with all these nuns with rainbow habits on. I'm serious, the Catholic Church. I have a close friend who's, his brother is a Catholic, uh, I don't know, he's like a car, not a, he's like above a priest, something. Yeah, they, they, they've got the whole LGBT thing in the Catholic Church. I mean, what does that say about, I mean, oh my God. <laughs> no, I totally agree, and I, I just want, uh, go, go ahead. Hey guys, and, huh? uh, one more thing to add, what, what, to add to what Aggie said, I sent this over to you, Chris and Pete, uh, whenever I was uh, researching The Matrix, and now I felt like, man, how could uh, a movie, uh, a, a, um, a trilogy, if you will, spreading retro content or whatever, how could it be put on a, a Hollywood platform? And so I did some research. Now, I told you guys about the, about the Wachowski twin sisters, who are the producers of The Matrix. They're all, uh, they're both transgender. Right. Right. Or, or like heavy advocates for the LGBTQ. No, they both got sex changes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I want to go back and harp more on Disney because I want to just wake the masses to realize that Disney is not who you think it is. I actually Disney is not. just posted this today. I posted a couple things again. Disney, y'all guys go check me out on Instagram. I am truth dot in dot media and uh, Agnew. Let's plug up yours because I know you're 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 posting a lot of shit in your shadow band. So let's plug up yours. What's oh. yours on Instagram? Oh yeah, good What's luck. Your... You know, it's funny. It's so shadow band that when I search. For my password or anything, it says that my the username is doesn't exist. My email doesn't exist. My phone number doesn't exist. And what's even crazier, I'm getting in the last three days, Instagram is sending me. I have probably got sixty at least. I've even posted some of it. Um, notices from Instagram, they've removed my video from accounts that don't even exist. Like from 2016, 2017, we removed your video. Well, it doesn't even exist, you moron. So plug They're it up really there so people can follow you. What's your yeah. Instagram? Technocracy name? Now. Technocracy, what is it? It's um, technocracy. It's technocracy underscore. Is it? Yeah. Technocracy Now underscore 333. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it on the show notes. But um, yeah, I just want to hop back on this uh, Instagram post I have. Y'all follow me and my buddy Agnew. Um, it's so dead one that it doesn't refresh even after 12, 14 hours. Like anything I've... Nobody, I, I, it's, it's incredible. It's just nobody sees the post. They're, it's just dead. So is my Twitter account. Right. So, like so I just want to harp on this post that I posted today to, to talk shit more about Disney. And y'all have rushed <coughs> Cancel Disney Plus. Don't go to their parks. Don't promote them. Don't follow them. Don't put your attention to them because 
if you notice, all of the princesses on the Disney movies, if you really do your research, they're all under 20 years old. So they're all basically underage girls. And if yeah. you I don't know, Snow White in the movie, she's 14 years old. And the prince yeah. that wants to get with her, he's 31. What, yeah. what, what are, are, why are y'all having your little kids watch a grown-ass man trying and chasing after a 14-year-old girl? And then the rest of them, uh, Jasmine from Aladdin, she's 15 years old. Um, fucking, I don't know. There's these other ones. They're all under 20. They're 16, 17, 18. Yeah. Uh, the Cinderella's 19. Um, Little Mermaid, 16 years old. Guys, come on. Yeah. What, what are we yeah. showing our kids? This is just straight up pedophilia. And it's it right, it goes right under people's noses. But that's why I share those, share this information, guys, because how we win is by, like I said earlier, just we don't need guns or military organizations or the militia. We just need to turn our attention away from them. Don't give them their, your money, and that's how you vote, and that's how they, they destroy themselves. Like you were saying earlier, I was thinking about how evil always destroy itself. I got the image of the Ouroboros, the, the snake that eats itself at the end. Yeah. So anything else y'all guys want to share, Drew? Drew Andrew, he's got all technical. He put his phone, he connected it to the TV, and he put us <laughs> in a, a, this is an article by who? Max Spear. Hey, bro, wasn't Max Spears the guy who, who wanted to make that uh, documentary Gray State? Oh, Gray State, yeah. Okay, yeah. tell us about wasn't that. Wasn't it by Max Spears? I don't know, I don't know. But yeah, let, let me just tell so, that about... So I was going through my bookmarks. That's why you were talking about the whole Disney uh, uh, pedophilia thing. And I, I know I got a section a lot of, of a lot of research that I found on pedophilia. And I remember I highlighted this. Max Spears investigated U.S. military pedophile ring before a suspicious death. Yeah. And, and it's not only that, guys. If y'all do your research, I think since 2012... Disney has one of Disney's employees has been caught with some type of pedophile charge or underage oh, something. Yeah. So it, guys, this is company. And listen, and also a little secret: if you want to go look at the Dora the Explorer, uh, the last movie that they made, and on the lettering of Dora, they have the little uh, uh, you know circles and uh, triangles. You know, right, right there right. on the lettering. Yeah, that's the language. They have, the, they have it on the teacups. At the you know at the Japanese uh, Tokyo uh, uh, Disneyland, they have those pedophilia symbols. They're all over Disney cartoons, by the way. Those little triangles and circles are all over lions and like in the Lion King. I mean, they're everywhere. Right, and what Agnew's talking about, I don't know if y'all, might, some of y'all might not know what he means by the circles and triangles, but the FBI uh, put out a report uh, describing the symbolism that pedophiles use to kind of like connect with each other and kind of get hints to each other who they are kind of like a secret secret symbolism to acknowledge each other but if y'all do some research the the fbi put out this report saying that these are the symbols they use and it's usually like a it looks like a black hole like a squiggly circle going into itself and it, the same type of pattern but with triangles and basically what they're saying is that these are the symbols that they insert in movies to kind of either do some kind of mk ultra on these kids or to symbol to other producers other hollywood uh people that they're in the know and they know that all of this is yeah amazing. and triangles by the way are for little girls and circles are for little boys too right, it's right, right. triangles for girl circles for boy yeah true yeah. just like ice cream hot dogs pizza all those you know those are all synonyms for little boys and girls too also yeah it's disgusting it's it's Okay, so what, what else do you have to say? Anything you want to bring up, Drew? Mm -hmm. Because I want to cl start closing now with this whole idea that since we were talking about uh, 
uh, cryptocurrency. Say, Wilson, I'm going to ask you, say the people in control did get their way and did manage to implement all of this stuff that they want to implement. Most people, uh-huh. what they want to know at the end of the day, why? W- what is the goal at the end of the, of the day, in your opinion? It's Well, once they have... Once you're at that point in time and you're at a one world government, you know, like, you know, I don't know if you've all seen the, the uh, meme, you know, car, you're the carbon that they want to reduce. Mm-hmm. That's their intention. I, they're never going to get down to 500 and some odd million like they say on the guidestones. The intention, though, is to wipe out 7 billion people. The, they really is. You know, the, you know, the, they really do. That's what they, they think that they want. And, you know, they're, you know, uh, so it's about, you know, cryptocurrency is about the last, it's the last nail in the coffin that you have. Because if you look at China, in China now, you know, when you make a, a, a purchase there, the government knows where you made the purchase, what time, and what you purchased, who the name of the seller was, all of that stuff in real time. They know what you're buying. Right. And so, but what is the purpose of them having complete control? Why do, why do they want all of this control? Well, because once we're in a completely controlled society, it's total fascism. It's beyond communism. Because I don't call what we have, the CCP in China, communism. That's fascism. Because they've also removed out of all the churches, all the pictures of Jesus, all the crosses, and replaced them with pictures of Xi Jinping. It's total fascism. It's a godless, lifeless society where the ruling elite live literally off the backs and sweat (laughs) of everybody else. Everybody else. That's why they want to wipe out the middle class. Because if you can wipe out the middle class, all you have is the people at the top and the people at the bottom. The people at the bottom cannot fight back. The middle class can fight back. That's why they're. That's why we had the great COVID reset. Klaus Schwab's, you know, spelled that all out. That was not about COVID nineteen. That was about a financial reset that they started. They put a lot of people in debt. They needed to annihilate parts of the American economy. They're trying to crash the American economy. But the good news is for that is that in order for them to have any type of more war, they need fiat currency they can't use cryptocurrency they need fiat currency in order to finance war and we still have the great chances of some type of war with china and russia that they're getting you know so you know i the the, the i don't think that and you know if you saw the recent thing today the federal reserve he just made an announcement that they're they're going to be backing cryptocurrency the federal reserve and I guess they're going to be releasing bonds for it and stuff. But at the same time, they're doing it to, he said, he made it clear, we're doing this to back, to back the current American dollar. So even though it's dead in the water, they're going to keep this dead horse floating in the water for the time being. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. that's why I feel like, okay, because I'm going back to work after not having worked a long time. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to still try. I'm going to try to save some money and get some silver and gold, you know, especially silver. If you can buy silver, like that's just buy as much as you can. Yeah, I agree. And then to add to that, to the idea that, like Drew was saying earlier, they kind of 
forced. They, I think they thought that the whole COVID thing was going to go according to their plan, and they were going to. If Hillary had won, and they had pushed this whole COVID thing, we would already be in that. But luckily, right. I don't truly believe in Trump. He's probably just another puppet. But with him, we had the possibility to kind of sneak away and kind of give people that glimpse of hope that we don't need to follow these fucking technocrats. But what I wanted to add with what you were saying is that add to that the whole metaverse and what the real goal was to lock everyone into their house and force them into the metaverse and have people live in this universe where they can totally be in total control where they don't have to implement crypto because crypto will be part of the whole metaverse so everything would be in this electronic world that they want to create because they can control everything in it so they want to create their own world and be the gods of this world so they have like you said total control and there can never ever ever in all the future to come there will never be a revolution and humanity right. will be enslaved right. but what i want to get to is why what is the purpose of this and, and also it's, to all, add to it's that all too, evil it's just evil it's pure evil feeding on evil kind of like all of technology like everything that's really convenient easy and accessible for you they have it all at the comfort of your own home think about it like security tv uh, uh, voice remote telephone. A lot of people have a lot of people. A lot of people have everything connected now. Uh, you, you know, they can talk to the speakers. They can talk to Alexa. So that that's already that's already happening. And and uh, uh, going back to what Agnew said a, a few minutes ago about about the middle class being wiped out. I remember reading an article about that, and I pulled this up on my DuckDuckGo. And guys, there's many articles about it. Look, America's middle class is slowly being wiped out by MarketWatch. Uh, twins.com, the middle class in America is being wiped out. Uh, for economic justice, America's middle class is slowly being wiped out. Investopedia, America's middle class is losing ground financially. While the yep. middle class can't afford life in America anymore by New yep. York Post. And, and the list goes on and on and on. So th- th- that whole... That whole pyramid power, if you will, um, that that's that's always represented this these these globalists, these centralists, these these you know that's already um, we already see evidence of that happening today, you know, because um, yeah, that this whole global reset thing, uh, I think it did shift things in, into perspective, but it's it's prepackaged and it's camouflaged in a way where you can build back better America, as what Joe Biden said, you know. That's why, uh, that's why a lot of the regulations, like in Agenda 2030, you know, they, they, they say things like, imagine a world where you owe nothing, right? And then, and then also imagine a world where people will go shopping at one store and one store only. We already have pyramid schemes like that. I mean, I mean just look at Amazon Prime, you know, just look at how... how how, how Netflix and, and other movie streaming apps did away with like movie tapes and, and DVDs and stuff like that. So this whole internet of things, this whole metaverse, is already slowly yet suddenly coming to fruition. And, and it's all happening underneath our radar. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And Wilson, what would you say? What would be a way that normal, common, everyday people can kind of push back and fight back against the system as we close out? What would be your... Okay, so normal, normal, common people, the way I see it for myself, aren't people like you and me and the guys now talking about it. So the normal, common people are at, you know, they're at their... The, the, whatever happens is going to happen for them. 
the people that are conscious like us, like us on any level, if we're in this conversation right now, chances are that your level of consciousness is as such that, you know, it's going to be pretty hard for Satan to lie to you through whatever medium he's going to use. You're going to pretty much, you know, you're at least, you're at least alive enough to question it. The people that are conscious like this, I don't think that we really have anything to worry about. Like I tell myself every day, I'm, I'm done with fear because the worst fear that I have is being homeless and dirty without any money in the street, without having any of my friends or family left. The chances of that are so far away from happening that it's not even realistic. I'm not afraid of being bombed. I'm not afraid of a bioweapon that kills me. I'm not afraid of them locking me up. I am afraid of living home. So if that's the worst fear I have, then I, you know, I'm okay. But there's a lot of people out there that are so much in fear because that's what they've done on purpose is they've created a culture of fear and anxiety on purpose. And so the people, there is no, I mean, I, I mean, there's hope for the overall of us, but on, there's no hope for a lot of individuals because the people that are clueless, a lot of people are just going to get slaughtered. Yeah, you but, know, that's what I mean. There's going to be collateral damage to all this. But I don't want to end on a pessimistic note. I want like a positive. Well, something I don't that think we that's pessimistic. Probably... I'm being realistic because let me, so at the end of the day, there's, I always say this. At the end of the day, there's going to be a big fight. I've always known all my life that I was going to live in the times of the apocalypse. That I was apocalypse. I was going to live to see the great conflict, the fight between good and evil. At the end of the day, there's going to a lot of be a lot of people that are going to lose their life. We're already seeing it already happening from all the death shots of people from all the snake venom. We're seeing it already happening. What I'm saying is, is that I know ultimately that we're that the small group of people are going to overcome this massive group of people that are trying to perpetrate evil on us all. Yeah, well, I, I guess, know it. Yeah, I got it. There, you you so, do have hope, I guess, for the people who are consciously awake. But I, I, I feel bad for people. But listen, at this point in time, because I'm trying to help people in my life that are those are in that group, the common people, I'm trying to help. And you know, all I get, all I get is either quiet dismissal or at the worst i get you know you're a crazy conspiracy theorist you're a misguided soul blah 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 and i you know i come at the door with like central banking facts about the federal reserve or you know, i come you know or you know showing them how it's in complete violation of the 10th amendment and that it's a criminal enterprise in in essence in reality you know i show them things like that and and i'm and i'm dismissed or or mocked so those people are the ones that I'm considering are the common people. Like I said, I don't consider people like you and I and the guys in this podcast the common folk. We're not, if we're having a conversation like this. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I... Common, I, common people don't talk about what we're talking about tonight. Yeah, I agree, but I like to have a more... Talk about what they're going to... Huh? See, I agree, but I like to have a more positive note. Like, for example, like you said, there's hope for the people who love their guns. Like, I... I, I get it. Like I get your point of view that there's people who are awake and others that are not. But I like to like, I don't know, just live my best life. So, because for example, the example I gave on a podcast, I did a swap cast with my buddy. His podcast is uh, My Third Eye, and I, I we talked about how how do we wake others up. And I gave the example of how I have a buddy at work at my job who who works next to me, and he's like, 
he would always buy McDonald's and just shitty food for breakfast. And like one time there was a special at McDonald's and he got like two burgers for one. And he came to me and he said, hey, Juan, you want this one? I got an extra one. And I told him, uh, thanks, man, but I don't eat McDonald's, sorry. And he's like, what? You don't eat McDonald's? Like to him it was outrageous, but I explained to him how, all the theories about McDonald's and what's really in their food. And it, it kind of, it's, he thought about it for a second, but he's, he still egg McDonald's. But, but, and I would always come and I always come to work and eat a fruit, a banana or, or grapes or something. And then he, he saw that. And I guess slowly but surely after some time, after this uh, interaction we had, he stopped buying McDonald's and now he brings his own fruit. And it's like these little dumb, stupid things that you can do in your life. No, no. And Juan, I want to piggyback on that because the most powerful force that you can be in your life for other people is to change the things in your life, especially the things in your life that are challenges that other people in your life know you have and see you overcome. If you're able to do that, that's the one thing. If you're able to improve yourself, your inner self, and raise your, you can be there for other people, and they're far more willing to listen to you if you live that. If you live that, right? Yep. Like I, I don't mean to sound, I, I didn't intend to sound negative about that. It's just that, it's just that, you know, I have hope for all of us for the most part. I don't, I don't see the dark days that everybody still talks about in all the posts that we post. I, I just, I see struggle ahead, but I don't see like they're going to make it try to happen because so far none of what they've said was going to happen i haven't seen it happen yet hasn't come to my door Mm. i haven't seen you know shortages of store you know all i haven't like you know i I never got sick nobody in my life died from covid you know i mean all this stuff i haven't seen any of that happen to anybody yet in my life i do but also too man you know uh 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 just because we don't personally experience it doesn't mean that it's not happening. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. I'm just saying for the most part, a lot of what's fed to us, even on these truther pages, is propaganda and meant to exaggerate our fears about what could happen. Yeah. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying I know that there's people suffering. I know people suffering right now. Desperately suffering. I know a lot of people that are suffering. I'm just saying that it's, I don't think that it's as bad, at, at least for me, I'm learning this. Maybe it's not true for other people. So let me be clear. No, I love it. Everything that I've seen that's been going on and everything that I've read, I've gone down a lot of rabbit holes, could send a lot of people into a deep depression. I'll put it that way. And I have learned to rise for myself, learn to rise above all that and see it for what it is for myself. And I don't live in as much fear I used to live in and I think that a lot of the stuff that we're fed on these pages and a lot of stuff that we post and read about it puts us in some sort of fear or anxiety on some level it does it's intended to do that that's why it's there because it's on their platform and if we're reading it on their platform then it's definitely intended to get an emotional response out of us it doesn't matter if it's Facebook or Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever you're on it's on their platform that's being run and operated and monitored by them on your phone, your laptop, or your tablet, and they know what you're looking at. There's no such thing as privacy. So if it's on there, it's on there for a reason. Yeah. So I, I look at it that way, you know. This is this this technology is being used against us. 
Yeah, totally. I agree. Uh, I agree with that, but I think we can uh, both agree to end with the note that the best way to combat the system is, like you said, being your best self and being a testimony to others and showing yeah, that yeah. if you do improve your life, even though yeah. you're going through shit, you still see the yeah. light at the end of the tunnel. And with that, and, I kind of yeah, want to bring please, back... And please be kind to everybody. Please be kind to the people that don't understand you and that if there are people like that and they don't want to listen... Even in your thoughts, be kind to them. That's the most important thing. Don't harbor ill will against the people. I'm learning that the hard way, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm learning that the hard way. No, true. Yeah, I agree with that. And like earlier, how we were saying to be our best selves, I kind of want to maybe bring up to the audience what our, this little clique that we have, me, Drew, Chris, and Pete, we're actually, since we're all kind of sort of bettering ourselves, Drew was saying how he's eating better, and we're all sort of motivating each other. And then Pete busts in with uh, semen retention, and we're all kind of like intrigued because there's something definitely to that because pornography is free for a reason. It's being pushed on everyone. Everyone talks about it now like it's nothing, and it's this other thing to take away your attention from God. And right. Not only that, you drain your semen. You're literally draining your, uh, Life your, force. your chemicals in your mind also. When you do this, you release all your dopamine, and you're kind of like doing a whole serotonin dump and you're kind of yeah. re reducing yourself to a lower frequency. Yeah. And so I agree with that. The best thing to do to fight back is become your best self. And I want to thank you again, Wilson, for coming on on, on short, yeah. short notice. And um, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on the centralized system, but to me, I think at the end of the day, the podcast I created, Bricks in the Wall, is to just make people aware that there are people somewhere creating these walls and these divisions to separate us. But if we all realize that we all just want the same thing, we can easily destroy the bankers and the elites. Mm -hmm. And so with that... We will, for sure. For sure, for sure. And with that, I want to... And wanna... thank you, Juan, for all the work that you're doing on these podcasts. I'm glad that you're doing it. It's, it's, see, even everybody makes a difference. All of us make a difference. The guys on the podcast tonight, we're all making a difference. It may not look like it. We all, we just made a difference tonight. Yeah, I believe Keep it, it up. Thank you, brother. And so with this, I want to end with this song that I discovered today uh, very <clears throat> synchronistically. I think it ties in with this whole, what we're discussing of, I believe that there truly is, I don't know, the devil, Lucifer, Satan, Shatan, whatever there is an opposing force that is actively trying to suppress us and keep us separated with these brick walls. So I want to end with this song from this guy that I love. He's this DJ. His name is Akira the Don. And what he does is he basically he takes these awesome, cool speeches that go for freedom and love and humanity, and he makes a badass track out of it. So this one is titled, If I Were the Devil. And it's interesting because it actually comes from this letter I had read a while back about this guy that he was trying to explain why is the world so fucked up. And he, get, he writes this letter in the perspective of, I am the devil, and this is how I will destroy humanity. So it's a very interesting talk. A very interesting concept to, to imagine what the devil is and what his aims are. And so this song kind of puts in perspective what the aims and goals of the devil, a.k.a. the New World Order, are. So thank you guys for listening. And I, I guess we all agree that the best thing to do is to improve yourself. So with that, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. This is yeah. If I Were the Devil by Akira the Dawn. Peace.
if I were the devil. If I were the devil. If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves. Until each in its turn was consumed, and with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flame. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases, for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, well, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, If I were the devil, if I were the devil,
the devil. Peace.